The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tung. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. I'm absolutely delighted to welcome to the show today Neil Donald Walsh, who I'm sure every single one of you will know as a result of the wonderful work that he has done in creating nine books, uh, Conversations with God, as well as a number of other books that he has also produced. So, Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peter. It's lovely to be here with you. Thank you for asking me. Oh, it's our pleasure. We only have uh, limited time, so we'll get down straight to it. And I'd, I'd love you to actually tell our listeners, many of whom may not know, exactly how this uh, journey with conversations with God began for you. Well, Peter, I'd be happy to. Uh, it, it all started rather innocuously, frankly, a number of years ago now, about 20 years ago or so, uh, when I realized uh, at the age of 50 that nothing in my life was working. My career had reached a dead end. My relationship with my significant other was falling apart, and my health was going downhill as well rapidly. So I, I just, I didn't, and then, because of all of that, I wound up actually living on the street. I was, I was homeless. I had a car accident in which I broke my neck. Uh, a man hit me, uh, you know, and, and I had this uh, broken neck, and so I couldn't really do any kind of manual labor or hardly anything, frankly. It was, I was in, uh, I was in uh, therapy, physical therapy, around that, uh, that injury for about two years. So that took me out of commission for most ways that I could make a living. And so I, there I sat, you know, with no income. And after a while, I ran out of my savings and the uh, social safety net fell out from under me. And I found myself living on the street. Much of this has been included in the movie, by the way, which is made uh, uh, by Hollywood, a movie of my life. But uh, in any event, for those who don't know the story, uh, I wound up, you know, living on the street. And, and then finally, uh, I managed to get back off of uh, off the sidewalk and had a little job that I found someplace. But then I realized the utter vacuousness of life itself. I thought, my gosh, after all that drama, I got back into the swing of things. And is this really all there is? I mean, get up every day, go to work, come home, just try to survive. Because if it's just about survival... I really don't want to do this anymore. So I, I wrote an angry letter to God, actually. I, I got up one night at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I began writing an angry letter to God on a yellow legal pad because I began you know, getting a sense that I needed to get this anger out. In fact, I can recall, uh, I can recall hearing the, the voice of God, if you please, the voice of my own thoughts at the highest level, saying to me, Have you had enough? 
are, are you done yet? Have you, have you had enough? <laughs> you know, and I was saying to myself, well, you know what? I have had enough. And if you've got any <laughs> answers here, you know, it would be great for me to hear them because I'm really out of solutions. I'm 50 years old and I'm out of solutions. So I began writing some angry uh, questions on a yellow legal pad that I happened to find on the coffee table in front of me. What does it take to make life work anyway? What have I done to deserve a life of such continuing struggle? And somebody tell me the rules. You know, I'll play. Just give me the rules. And, uh, you know, Peter, uh, uh, if I didn't start hearing answers in my mind, first of all, I actually heard a voice in the room. I actually heard uh, what, what I'm convinced to this day was an audible voice over my right shoulder in the room. And that voice quickly became merged with my own thoughts, began sounding to me like the thoughts of my own mind, except it was saying things that I'd never even thought or dreamt of before in answer to my questions. So I began writing down in the middle of the night, because this was all happening at 4.20 in the morning. I woke up in the middle of the night in a, in a, in a uh, spate of anger and frustration, uh, and I began taking notes on, on what I was uh, hearing in my mind uh, as answers to these lifelong questions. And you know what? After about 30 or 40 handwritten pages of notes like that, I, I heard uh, God say to me, or what I imagined God to be saying to me, this will one day become a book. And uh, and I thought, okay, now I've, now I've got you. <laughs> because, you know, everything else had been conceptual. Just, just you know, it, it, it could or could not be just concept. But um, here was a statement I could measure this will one day become a book, was, was not a concept or a theory. It was a statement of fact. Either it would be a book or it wouldn't. So I thought, now I have some measurable outcome. So I, in fact, took God up on it. I, took, uh, <laughs> I continued having the conversation. And then after, when I had about three or 400 pages of handwritten notes, by the way, this was going on every night of my life. Uh, I got up every night around 4.30 and at 4.20 in the morning. I was awakened almost automatically, like someone pulling on my you know, night shirt and pulling me out of bed and saying, you know, you got to get back to that dialogue. So I did, and I, I wrote and I wrote and I wrote, question, answer, question, answer, question, answer, all the questions, really. So I've always wanted to, to ask God, because after a while I began getting into a routine. I thought, well, I don't know what's going on here, but this is a very, one, if nothing else, a form of self-therapy. And so you know, I, thought, I thought of myself as simply journaling, a process of, a rather benign process, frankly, of just simple journaling. And it was making me feel better, making me feel more connected with life and with my higher self. So I thought, no, what harm? No harm done. But in order to take myself up on the dare, I actually sent my hand, I had them typed up by a stenographer, these handwritten notes, and I sent the notes to a publisher just to see what, if anything, would happen. And, of course, I knew, Peter, that there was not a chance in the world that the publisher was going to actually receive this manuscript of totally un unedited, uncensored, just a, you know, a, a run-on sentences, uh, handwritten notes. Uh, and I could imagine a publisher saying, hey, here's a guy who thinks he's talking to God. We have to get this out. Hold the presses. We have to get this out immediately. But, of course, I realized that wasn't going to happen. There wasn't a one publisher in a million who had published uh, such a document. But I wanted to just see what would, what would occur. Well, by golly, the book did get published exactly as it was written with no editing, no changes, no copy added by the publisher, just exactly what I wrote in my handwritten notes from beginning to end. 
and he decided that it was interesting enough and fascinating enough to put before the public, because he wanted to see, I wonder what will happen here. Well, the rest is, is, as they say, publishing history. The book sold <laughs> over a million copies. So how did so how did you feel then when 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 you you put this uh, actual concrete test out to God, and it started to manifest into the book? How, how were you feeling at that point? Well, I, I thought, okay, fair enough. Apparently, it's not totally unusual. It's not totally, you know, absolutely unheard of in the human experience. Apparently, I had, if you will, some kind of mystical experience or some kind of connection with the divine. Now, that's happened before. We know it's not, you know, completely impossible in the human encounter. So I thought, well, all right, fair enough. Uh, then I began to trust at an even higher level, that this wasn't just my mind playing tricks on me, but that something wonderful uh, and extraordinary was happening. And then I realized, I was told actually in the dialogue, this is not just happening to you. This is happening to everybody all the time. God is having conversations with everybody all the time. You guys are simply calling it something else. Women's intuition, serendipity, a, 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 a moment of inspiration, a, a fantastic idea, you know, a, 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 a moment of good luck, you know, a coincidence, you know, whatever you want to call it. But in fact, uh, that little voice that says, no, 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 don't turn there, turn left over here. Or that little voice that, that brings you other ideas in the middle of the night or taking a shower or walking down the street in the park, whatever. Those are all communications from the higher part of yourself uh, that is, in fact, connected, in, uh, connected with God. That is, in fact, God in you, uh, in fact, uh, you know, talking about um, what it is it wants you to know, bringing you clues, in fact, intuitions, ideas, and uh, deeper understandings. And most people are, are, are calling it something else because, of course, if they walk around saying, God's talking to me, they will be, they will be marginalized, at least, if not put away. Uh, so, so, how, so, Neil, how, how have you learned or how did you learn to differentiate between your own egoic mind and this uh, more uh, high-powered uh, energy coming through you? Well, at first it wasn't difficult, Peter, because what I was hearing, so to speak, if you will, what I was receiving, and it felt like taking dictation, what I was taking down in the first instance, for the first several hundred pages, were things that I'd never heard of before. I mean, that is, they, they were not things that I, that I could have imagined. So if they were common everyday thoughts that I had had before, I might be tempted to think, Oh, this is just my own mind. I'm just going over many, many ideas I've had in the past. But in fact, uh, the, the, the information was so fresh and so new and so, could I call it, spiritually revolutionary. I'll give you just one example. There's no such thing as the Ten Commandments. I, Peter, that's not a thing I ever thought in my life. I never, even if I was not a believer in God, I've certainly heard of the Ten Commandments. So I never had a thought like that in my life. There's no such thing as the Ten Commandments. And, and uh, furthermore, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not something that uh, I read anywhere or had an idea about. So I realized, okay, this is probably coming from, you know, from someplace else. Uh, what so what I, did that, in, in that expression, what did that actually mean? 
as far as the Ten Commandments was concerned. It was a oh man-made that, thing. That, that's a whole passage in the book. <laughs> okay. that, that, that's, that's, that's a whole, you want to spend the next hour on that particular sentence, we can go there and spend the next hour on that sentence, but that, that's not something I'm going to try to explain to you in, in 30 no, okay. seconds. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, 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 not a 30-second yeah. soundbite. But to answer your larger question, uh, I began to receive all sorts of insights like that, and that's what convinced me, okay, you know, some source of higher wisdom, which I am now clear exists inside of all of us, is, has been open to me. I found a way. I found a way to access that. Uh, and uh, I began, to, I continued the dialogue long after what became the first book uh, in the Conversations with God series. I continued to ask questions, and I continued to get answers in the way that I did by writing on a yellow legal pad and later moving to my computer and literally doing it on my computer screen, but using much the same process, question, answer, question, answer, and having a dialogue with deity, if you will. And uh, those books have been translated into 37 languages uh, and have been sold uh, around the world. Now, many, many more than one million copies, seven or eight or ten, I've lost track. I don't even keep count, frankly, but they're telling me in New York, anywhere between 12 and 15 million books uh, in that series uh, have been sold in 37 languages around the world. So something's happened here, Peter, with which apparently millions of people, not a couple hundred thousand, have found agreement. And when, when there are millions of people who are agreeing with what, what they're hearing, and their agreement is demonstrated by their continued interest in these series and their continued purchasing of these books, I have to believe that something much larger has occurred than my little mind would conjure or make up. So I think that what's happened here is something quite extraordinary. I think that you know, I, all I did was put it down on paper. But the extraordinary aspect of it is it's been made very clear to me that everybody in the world is connected with and a part of that which we call divinity. And all of us are having conversations with God all the time. We're just calling it something else so we don't get sent away. So, Neil, we're going to take our first break there, and we'll take this break, and we'll return with Neil Donald Walsh. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Tune in to Angel Healing Party with Andrea Keller, an angel intuitive, as your guide. Join in on the fun as Andrea channels the angels. You never know who will show up or what they will say. The angels are our guests. Ask them whatever is on your heart. Andrea is a professional healthcare worker and certified angel card reader. She brings her education, personal life experiences, and sensitivity to channeling the angels into every show. Listen every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. 
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Just a reminder to go to my website, www.petertongue.com, where all of the radio shows are archived for free. Uh, my monthly newsletter with all the work that we've been doing in recent times is also there. And uh, if you wish to join our live meditations on a Thursday morning or get the MP3 download, uh, then just go to the events page at petertongue.com. I have with me today Neil Donald Walsh, who uh, explained in our first segment uh, how he came to write the Conversations with God books. And so, Neil, obviously, after nine books, there was a tremendous amount of information that you downloaded into into the into the books. And presumably, over the period of time while this was taking place, you yourself must have been going through some form of transformation. What was that like for you? Well, I was first coming to trust myself more fully than I ever did before. And the part of myself that I was really trusting was the part of myself that always believed that there was a thing called God, that there is this divine essence in the universe, call it what you will, uh, that existed. And I saw, I dropped any notion that maybe God didn't exist, that, I, you know, that, that, that was a, a fiction. I dropped any idea I may have had around that, and I began to trust my intuitive understanding that I felt at a, at a cellular level that there was this entity, this essence, this aspect of life that we call the divine. And that was the, the, the biggest transformation. Because once I, I decided to embrace fully and to accept without question that God existed, then I could go to the second level of transformation, which was to begin to depend on God to use God, if I could put it that way, as a, a part of my daily life. And I explained all of that, by the way, in the book Friendship with God. I talked about uh, the seven steps to friendship with God and how a person, how anybody could have a, a friendship with God once they really embrace the notion that, you know, that this is not a, a fictional idea. There really is a thing called God. It exists, uh, and we can all have a friendship with God. So that was the second level of my transformation. The third level was a very practical level, Peter. My, my life itself uh, began to change. That is, my physical day-to-day -day life began to change. My income obviously uh, improved dramatically as a result of the sales of the books. But beyond that, my movement through life, the way I experienced myself in a day-to-day -day way, shifted dramatically as well. I began to see things from a different point of view, from the point of view that was given to me to share with others uh, in the Conversations with God material. I began to see life, Peter, as a, as a spiritual journey and as a spiritual experience, 
not as simply a physical experience. And I, I began to realize that all of us ultimately have to make a major decision. Each person, sometime in their life, uh, confronts, whether they do it actively or passively, uh, a major choice in their life. Who am I? Am I simply a chemical being? That is a physical manifestation of physicality itself, no different really from a dolphin or a whale or an insect or an ant or even a flower for that matter, or a blade of grass, simply a, another, a different kind of manifestation of physicality, but a manifestation nonetheless, perhaps more sophisticated, perhaps more complex than a blade of grass, perhaps even more complex than a dolphin, but in the end, a physical chemical being who lives, breathes, expires, dies, and that's the beginning and the end of it. Or, and by the way, billions of people believe that. This is not science fiction. A lot of people believe that. Or, am I, in fact, something other than a simple chemical creature? Am I something grander than a simple physicalization of life? Might I be a being that exists at a different level as well? Is it possible that I am what we would popularly call a spiritual being who simply has a body, a spiritual entity who simply has a body and a mind. Is it possible that I'm a three-part being made up of body, mind, and soul? That's not a small decision, Peter, for people to make. It certainly wasn't small in my life. And when you ask about what in my transformation, my transformation was... Uh, one from a person who imagined that it was possible he was just a physical being to one who really got at an elementary, basic, experiential level. No, no, I'm not just a body, and I'm not just a mind. I'm a body, mind, and spirit. I'm a three-part entity that lives beyond the death of my body. Wow, Peter, when I made that choice, I talk about trans how, how was my life transformed, when I transformed my experience at that level, then, of course, I had to ask myself a question. If I live beyond death, if it's really true, as most of the world's religions insist that it is, then what's the point of all this? Then really, truly, what is the purpose of my life? Does it have anything to do with my job? With even, for that matter, my partner or my family or my day-to-day -day experience? And if so, in what way? What's the relationship between what I'm doing 9 to 5 and what happens after I die? And is my job to somehow get back to heaven? Am I, am I trying to somehow get back to God? And for that matter, why was I even separated to begin with? What's the whole mystery? Well, you know, I felt kind of naive, Peter. You can imagine. <laughs> These are questions that have been asked by every human being on the face of the earth since the beginning of time. So I felt a little bit foolish. I really did. I felt a little bit like, oh, wow. Here I am at the age of 50 asking questions that human beings have been asking since the dawn of civilization. Wow, but am I behind the times or what? <laughs> but it didn't really matter to me. You know, I just kept my little shameful self quiet, and I said, okay, fair enough. So it took me 50 years to start asking the questions. What are the answers? What is really true about all of this? And the answers to those questions transformed my life in huge ways, Peter, beyond the obvious. I made a few more dollars, or I made a few more friends, or I maybe even found a, a lovely relationship in my life. But far more deeply impacting were the uh, ultimate outcomes of the questions I was asking, because I began living my life as if it had nothing to do with my day-to-day -day experience, 
and everything to do with what the whole expression of life, both during my physical years and after, as they, as they say popularly, the after-death experience. What's the whole thing about? What's going on? What am I doing here? What's the point of all this? And I began living my life in response to the answers I was getting to those questions. And that changed everything. It changed the focus of my day-to-day encounter with life. It changed the way I related to people. It changed the way I related, Peter, to myself. And it changed the way I related to everything. Money, food, diet, (laughs) right livelihood, sexuality, parenting, everything changed. So one of the dilemmas I know from people that I that I am connected with are those people who have begun the journey that you've just described and are really struggling to uh, follow this this path of, of higher awareness, greater consciousness, that spiritual self, at the same time having great difficulty um, making a living in the in the in the world in the mundane world if you want to call it that. So so what advice do you have for those people? Well it's not about making a living, it's about making a life. We, 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 at one point, we choose to make a life rather than a living. And, however, uh, it's important to know that the two are not mutually exclusive. I, I'm not sure that there has to be a conflict or some kind of a dramatic contrast between making a living and making a life. That is, between following the path of the soul and doing so in such a way that we can keep body and mind, you know, together uh, and, and, and keep things uh, functioning on a survival and a beyond survival basis in life. I, I, I don't believe that, that the two have to be in conflict. So what I would say to people like that is, well, let's, let's take a look at <laughs> what you're doing to make a living and how you're doing it. Is there a way to make a living that does not have to abandon or totally reject the agenda of the soul. I believe there is, uh, and, and I, I've seen people do that. But, but it has to do with uh, the way in which people attempt to make a living you know, in day-to-day life on the earth. You know, what, what are we doing? What, are we abandoning our higher values? Are we, in fact, for that matter, what causes people who are doing the same thing. Let's, start, let's, let's pretend lawyer A and lawyer B. Here we have two lawyers or two plumbers. doesn't matter what the occupation is. Here we have two people in an occupational uh, activity. One, and they both have on the same street, so it's not about location, location, location. They're all on the same street, four, four houses down, four buildings apart on the same street in the same city. They both graduated from the same college. They both have the same degree of expertise. One is not you know, remarkably better than another. So what, what causes lawyer A or plumber A to do very well in life and lawyer or plumber B to do not so well? What, what, what is the difference between the two? It's not location. It's not education. It's none of that. And what is it? And the answer is it has to do with the state of being that is held by a person. You can tell as soon as you talk to lawyer A or lawyer B, you can tell as soon as you get on the phone with plumber A or plumber B to ask for help, you can tell immediately what kind of energy they are emitting, what place they're coming from, and what they're doing in their life. 
You and I both know that. You can get on the phone and talk to somebody and within 30 seconds know if you want to have a further conversation, if this is a person you want to do business with. And that's what causes people to hire lawyer A rather than lawyer B. It has to do with everything from something as simple as tone of voice, the energy that's transmitted, the amount of caring, compassion, deep understanding and clarity that a person transmits when they're doing business with anyone. But, you know... (laughs) I am convinced that when a person approaches the world from a place of deep caring, total compassion, total willingness, absolute joy, complete understanding of the process by which life works, those kinds of people are never finding it difficult to survive. They are able to, now if they want to make $5 million a day, that's something else. It depends on what motivates you. When I talk to people, I say, well, how much money do you need to make to survive? They say, I just, can't, I just can't survive doing what I want to do. I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're surviving right now. You're standing here in front of me. <laughs> so, 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 so the fact that you, it's not true that you can't survive because here you are talking to me about it. So obviously you found a way to survive. The problem isn't that you can't survive. The problem is you can't be happy. Let's look at what makes you happy and what makes you unhappy. Why isn't isn't it okay with you to do exactly what you're doing right now? So, Neil, we're actually coming up to our next break. So we'll we'll hold that thought during the break and we'll come back and we'll talk about that happiness uh, in whatever state we're in at this time. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. 
If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Just like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors for this series of shows. Shari Chase of Chase International Real Estate Company in beautiful Lake Tahoe and Reno, Nevada. And also the wonderful people at Voice America who help me bring these wonderful guests to you through Voice America. Matt, our regular engineer, and Brandy Jackson, my executive producer, and all the people at Voice America that make this, uh, this opportunity available to us. I have with me today Neil Donald Walsh. And just before the break, Neil, you were talking about uh, people in survival mode and whether they can be happy in the present state that they're in uh, and, and how they can move forward with that. So let's continue with that. Well, you know, Peter, uh, uh, you're talking to a guy who spent a year living on the street. So I know all about survival. Uh, and I know, I know about survival with next to nothing because I did that. You know, as they say, what's the, what's, what's the slang? Been there, done that. Well, I have. So I've been on, on top of the world, and I, I've had a series of wonderful jobs that paid me very well in the workaday world. I also wound up living on the street for a year with not a single penny of income from any source. I mean, no income from any source for a solid year. And I survived that as well. And now I'm back in the other place again, but not really in the workaday world the way I used to be. Rather, living a life rather than trying to make a living. So I've had all of those experiences in my life, and I can tell you that for me, uh, what makes it possible for a person to survive and be happy, even, even if they don't think they can be happy doing what they really want to do, is has to do not with what they're doing, but what they're being while they're doing it. So I would, uh, of course, there's no one-size-fits-all answer to this. I don't want people to think, oh, this is the broad-brush answer to this whole problem. I would work with people and invite others to do the same individually. But I would say to it, the first thing I would say to a person is, what, what is it that you want to be in life? What are you trying to be? And I don't mean butcher, baker, candlestick maker. I don't mean baseball player or recording artist or singer or, you know, whatever. That's a doingness function. Those are things we do. I would say, what is it you're trying to be, and why are you trying to be that? If you get about the journey of your soul, if you move through life paying attention as well, not just to survival, but to the journey of your soul, I believe that a way can be found to turn that journey of the soul into a doingness function that produces sufficient income in your life to keep you alive. And also that renders you joyful and happy as you continue on the journey of your soul. That is, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. So uh, you, I know that you're coming to visit uh, my part of the world, Vancouver Island, uh, in the middle of July, July 17, 18, 19, 20, at the Ocean Resort in Campbell River, which is a beautiful spot. But I noticed that your, the title of your three-day workshop is A Different Snowball, A New Approach to Life Renewal. Uh, what, what do you mean by a different snowball? 
Well, you know, sometimes, Peter, it feels like our life is like a snowball rolling downhill. We, we, don't, we don't seem to be able to stop it. It, it. It's just a series of events, mostly connected to our survival, one thing after the other, and we don't seem to stop that snowball from rolling downhill. And so I'm suggesting to people that the snowball is going to run downhill one way or the other, but we can experience a different snowball, a different kind of downhill, a wonderful kind of downhill experience. Like in the positive sense, when we say, you know, we're just, it's all rolling downhill in a very positive way. That is, we don't have to experience life as, a, as an uphill climb, as a continual struggle from day to day. We can experience it as a wonderful snowball rolling downhill, but a different kind of snowball, not a snowball that's out of control, where our life seems to be out of control, but rather something that we can creatively produce, something that's inside of our intentioned experience, and not just something that's, you know, like a stagecoach where we've let go of the reins and we, it's just taking us wherever it wants to take us. So the question is, how do we create life in such a way that we can experience the ease of something rolling downhill, no struggle, no uphill climb, without losing control of it, like a snowball that's rolling downhill out of our control. That's the question. And I, I think that um, the answer, by the way, the answer's been given to us before. I'm, I'm not the first person to come along with this, nor am I the only person offering these ideas today. There are many, 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 many people and many sources that are saying the same thing. So I don't want people to think, oh, Neil imagines he's got some bright idea that no one's ever heard of before. Quite to the contrary. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. These answers have been given to us before many, many times from many, many people in many, many ways uh, through many, many sources. So the question is not so much, as God said to me in conversations with God, the question is not so much to whom is God talking. The question is who's listening. So what I'm encouraging people to do is sit down and really listen to the wisdom that's been given to us a thousand times before, across a thousand moments from a thousand places. So that people might think I'm, I'm coming up with the obvious, hello, that is in fact what's true. I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying something that's not already obvious to all of us. I don't have any original answers here. But I do have a way, perhaps, of saying the obvious such that people begin to hear it perhaps more clearly for the first time. And then there's, there's the, the, I guess, the next step then is going from having some understanding of this shift and awareness of that shift and then actually bringing it into, into your life, into, into your daily practice, into your em embodying this new way of being. Yes, that's precisely correct. And there are ways to do that. There are also ways to monitor how well we are doing it, how well we're getting along with it. Uh, and there are a lot of uh, wonderful strategies and techniques that can be used in that regard. And those are some of the things that I share with people uh, in, in the uh, spiritual renewal retreat, getting life going again in a way that uh, brings together both uh, the mind and the soul and if people want a preview, by the way, of, of, of course, it's a little bit late now because the program starts tomorrow night. But uh, even that, they could get online uh, and, and begin reading some of the things that I've had to say in the past about this. There's also a wonderful uh, a book that, that, that's available uh, online every day on my Facebook page at no cost. Or a person could actually download it 
uh, on today's wonderful electronic devices. And you could be, read almost two-thirds of it before, before coming to the event in a couple of days. The book is called The Only Thing That Matters. The only thing that matters. And, and again, that, that, that book is my answer to this perennial question, Peter, that everyone has. How do I do something in life that makes a difference, that really matters to my soul, and still stay alive? The book begins with an astonishing sentence. It says at the, at the beginning of the book, 98% of the world's people are spending 98% of their time on things that don't matter. That was true of me as well. So I'm not saying this you know, as a pejorative, as an accusation, but as a description of my own life. That's how, that's how my life was until relatively recently. Spending 98% of my time on things that simply didn't matter. And I found that when I began focusing on what does matter, everything changed, uh, including my ability to survive happily on the earth. And again, I, there's a disconnection there for most people. I'm not talking about, you know, making tons of money or becoming world famous. That could happen, but that's not the point of it. It may happen or it may not happen, but what really is the point of life is so clear to me now that whether those things occur, whether you make a lot of money or become famous or have this or that, those things will be irrelevant to you. It simply won't matter to you. What will matter is if you wake up each day feeling utterly and spiritually connected and fulfilled. And I have a notion that when you do what it takes to feel utterly connected and fulfilled spiritually, all the rest falls into place. All the rest that you didn't think you could manage simply falls into place. In fact, it, it, that kind of energy that people are, are surrounded by when they're connected spiritually and motivated spiritually that kind of energy tends to be a magnet and to draw to us the right and perfect mate, the right and perfect uh, occupation, opportunity. Life invitations seem to come to us without any effort. And I'll give you an example of that, is, and I don't mean to be, you know, uh, I don't know how to put this, I, I don't mean to be self-aggrandizing here, but this very conversation you and I are having right now, Peter, is a perfect example of it. I didn't call you. You called me. You invited me to be on this. It's one of a thousand invitations that life will bring us every day. And so here I am now talking to thousands of people, thanks to you and thanks to Voice of Mary. What a great, what a great opportunity. But it, I didn't seek it. It just came to me. Well, it's an example of what I'm trying to say. Where do we come from that totally spiritually connected agenda Life begins to come to us in ways we hadn't imagined beforehand. Who could have thought that Peter Tung would be talking to me and, 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 and bringing an opportunity for me to share with his thousands of listeners what it is I have to share? And therefore, and then giving in, maybe 10 of them might go out and buy my next book. Who knows? And those are, those are the way, ways that life works. Life tends to start flowing in our direction with us not having to even lift a little pinky finger to make that happen. When we spend our life doing the only thing that matters. That's my thought, Peter. I could be wrong about all of that. You know, I want to share with you and your <laughs> no, audience. I no, could be wrong fine. about all of that. But it's the way life has worked for me ever since I've had my conversation with God. Well, thank you, Neil. We're coming up to our final break now, which we'll take. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation.
The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Thank you for joining us today. Having with today, Neil Donald Walsh. And Neil, just uh, let our listeners know how they can connect with you through your website and perhaps just reiterate what you said about the opportunities available to people through the website. Well, there are two ways. Uh, they can go to, in fact, if they want to connect with me, they can go to cwgconnect.com. That's a membership area on my larger website that people may want to join. There's a fee involved. Also, also they can get it for nothing. That is, they can sidestep the fee if they choose, they, they choose to if they don't have the income, and they can get it for free. So it's available at no cost, or it's available for people who want to contribute back uh, and have the ability to do so. cwgconnect.com is the place to go, and that's the place where anybody who wants to learn more about conversations with God and the many things I'm talking about here can do so. In fact, they can talk to me every day there. There's a, there's a wonderful uh, platform on that website called Talk to Neil, in which uh, people can connect with me and ask me any question, the same questions you're asking me now, and I reply to people on a daily basis. So if people have more interest in what I'm saying here, I suggest that they can go to cwgconnect.com and they'll find a wonderful platform where we can interact daily. So, Neil, I actually did go to your website, and I watched a wonderful video that you did. Uh, and you'd, you'd obviously, in previous uh, segments, been talking about the ten illusions of humans. And the particular one that I looked at was the one, the last one, in fact, which was on the illusion of ignorance. And I'd love you just to, to say a few words about that, because it's really, really important. 
Well, uh, Peter, you know, <laughs> I, I've been living with the illusion for, for most of the uh, 50 years prior to now in my life. I'm 70 at this point, but, but this all happened to me when I was 50, this conversation with God experience. And for the half century before I had my conversations with God, I truly believed that the, the illusion that ignorance exists. That is the idea that it's not possible for us to know these things that I'm talking to you about right now. The illusion that I don't have enough intelligence or enough connectivity, even if there is a thing called God, I can't somehow get to it. I've been trying for all my life, and so on and so forth. And and so the idea that ignorance exists uh, is a fundamentally powerful idea that billions of people hold as the reality of their lives. That, you know, we've all heard the saying, mysterious are the ways of the Lord, and so on and so forth. So that, and in fact, in some cultures, Peter, as you surely know, we're not even supposed to ask questions. We're not even supposed to suggest that there might be answers beyond the answers we've already been given, which are rather limited, the answers of most of the world's organized religions, which, by the way, mean extremely well. I'm not, this is not a criticism of religions. I think religions all mean well, and they give us a certain amount of answers. But the sad part about many organized religions is they tell us that ignorance is part of the setup. That is, we're not even supposed to question the answers we're given because the answers are too deep for us to understand anyway. So, Neil, just relax and do what I'm telling you and it'll all work out fine in the end. Well, that's not, from my experience of God, the way things really are. God has said to me in very direct terms, look, it's easy to understand it's also simple. It's not mysterious. And ignorance is not built into the system. In fact, quite the opposite. Wisdom and everlasting clarity is built into the system. All you have to do is trust it. Trust what Holy Scripture tells us. is that still, small voice within that still, small voice that tells us exactly what is true, exactly what is so, and then invites us to step into the living of that. I took the, the 3,000 pages of the Conversations with God dialogue and reduced it to 1,000 words. And that 1,000-word statement, I can't give it to you here, it could take too long, but that 1,000-word statement is contained as chapter 2 of the book, What God Said. In the book, What God Said, is not only that thousand-word statement, but then a complete explanation, line by line, word by word, of that thousand-word statement. It says in that book, What God Said, guys, if you want it reduced to a thousand words, here it is. And if all humanity would have to do is live life according to this 1,000-word statement. And the 1,000-word statement says, among other things, that ignorance is an illusion. No such thing as ignorance. But you know, Peter, there are many, many people, many um, institutions, religion being one of them, certain kinds of religion, politics being another, economics being another and other institutions as well, which would have us believe 
that what we don't know won't hurt us. But it's not true. What we imagine that we don't know does hurt us. It's time now for humanity to sit up and say, wait a minute, it can't be all this complicated. Let's take a look at this 1,000-word statement and have some fun with it. We don't even have to believe it. Let's just discuss it. Kind of like Joan Rivers says, can we talk? So, <laughs> yeah. what, what I would invite people to do is at least, if nothing else, have an active discussion of these principles of life that have been given to us in the Conversations with God dialogue. So take a look at that thousand-word statement and the few chapters behind it in the book, What God Said, and let's have a talk about it. Let's get online at CWG Connect and talk about it at Talk to Neil, or for that matter, have conversations in your own living room. Bring in some people every Tuesday night, once a week or once a month, and have a, a conversation about conversations with God. And let's see if there's not something valuable here that could change people's lives. I can tell you that between the Conversations with God books and the, the subsequent uh, texts that have emerged from that, like the only thing that matters, we can move our lives forward in ways we not, may not have ever dreamt of before that. And who knows, maybe even begin to change some of the larger issues and problems that face humanity on a global level. So we've only got a couple of minutes left, Neil, but I would actually like you to comment upon what you have you, you have experienced in terms of where we are on the planet today and, and what is happening and, and what your sense of it is. We're going through what I would call the overhaul of humanity. And that's not a negative thing. It's a very positive thing. But it can be scary to people who, who are worried about it. So the word overhaul does not mean the complete dismantling of uh, our civilization, but the overhaul of it. Much as one would overhaul an engine, for instance. When you overhaul an engine, you do take it apart, but you put it back together again in a way that can make it work more efficiently than ever before. That's what's happening right now, Peter, on the, on the planet. I'm certain of it. We are experiencing the overhaul of humanity. I've written a book about this that's called The Storm Before the Calm. And it talks all about the stormy times that we're now in and the wonderful thousand years of peace that's going to follow and how we get from here to there. And there is a way, to, in fact, to do that. So what I'm seeing right now is a complete overhaul of the entire way that human, human beings are experiencing life. And that concerns politics, economics, education, our social sciences, and, of course, spirituality, naturally. And so if that's what's happening right now on the Earth, Peter, and I, I think there's a way to get from here, where we are to where we want to be. But we have to look at it with an open heart, an open mind, and a willingness to embrace the notion that there's something larger going on here than meets the eye. That's the point I make in the book, The Storm Before the Calm. There's something larger going on here, something more happening than meets the eye. And if we are willing to participate in it actively, we can become change agents in a movement that can profoundly transform all of life as we've known it on the earth. Neil, we've come to the end of the show, and I really, really appreciate your wisdom and the wonderful work you've done over the last 20 years and for joining me on the show today. Thank you so very much. Peter, thank you. It was wonderful to be here, and I appreciate the invitation. Thank you so much. So Neil will be uh, at the Ocean Resort on July 17, 18, 19, and 20, and on his website, under the events link, you can find out any information you want on Vancouver Island, Campbell River, a beautiful spot at the Ocean Resort. My guest next week will actually also be at the Ocean Resort later in the summer, Laurel Geese, and she'll be talking about her book, The Jesus Seeds. 
igniting your soul-guided life through your authentic self. Wonderful information from Neil today. I hope you've enjoyed the show, and obviously one or two books are definitely worth uh, looking at there. I uh, hope you have a wonderful week. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.